I'll stand this morning as we reverence the reading of God's Word, Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4. But when the fullness of the time had come, the time, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. And may God bless the reading of His Word today as my prayer. You may be seated. Our choir will be back with us for that one last song in just a few moments. But I wanted to share a few passages of Scripture today in a part of this amazing worship service as we've seen this uh, combination of sight and sound and words and music and narration focusing our attention on the miracle of Christmas. There were, of course, multiple miracles We think about the star. We have every reason to believe that that star appeared first on the night of Jesus' birth. The wise men saw it from afar when they came to Herod. Herod asked them, he inquired diligently when the star had appeared. Uh, That star appeared. You know, of course, stars don't appear. But this one did. And then when they left Herod, that star moved, guided them to the house. Not the stable, by the way. Sorry. Look at Matthew 2.11. The house where Jesus was. Uh, stars don't guide, but that one did. It wasn't the only miraculous thing that happened, of course. Uh, near Bethlehem was a group of shepherds watching over their flocks. When the angel of the Lord appeared unto them to give them that great announcement, an announcement that's going to serve as the text for our message over the next two or three weeks. So I'm not going to look at that a lot today. Uh, But the Judean skies before long would erupt with the heavenly host saying, Glory to God in the highest on earth, peace. God's peace was on earth, by the way. Peace has a name. Jesus. Goodwill to men. The greatest miracle of all was the virgin birth, of course. There were other times when God had assumed a physical form to meet with people. Abraham comes quickly to mind. But it wasn't like this. God, through the Holy Spirit, had come upon Mary as a virgin and appeared then in the egg of the woman, was compacted to the span of her womb, grew and nourished there for five, uh, nine months, rather, until finally, with remarkable simplicity, The Bible says in Luke chapter 2 and verse 6, the days were completed for her to be delivered. Now certainly when the Apostle Paul would write in Galatians chapter 4 decades later to talk about the fullness of time, he wasn't just emphasizing that Jesus' birth was a full-term birth. There was more to it than that. When the fullness of the time had come, In the context, Paul was writing about the law of Moses, the Old Testament rules and regulations and rituals that had dominated the religious life of the Jews for so long. It was a very serious error that had uh, grown in the first century. And unfortunately, that error is with us still, that while Christ saves you, you must then somehow complete that salvation by obeying the law. Paul gave no tolerance whatsoever to it. In fact, he would write in Galatians 3 and 1, O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? 
before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth, crucified among you. This only would I learned of you, received you the Spirit by the works of the law, or by the hearing of faith. Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, <coughs> are you now made perfect by the flesh? This passage then in Galatians 3 and 4 is a continuation of what Paul had said in Romans chapter 10 and verse 4. So simply, Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. What a great passage. You see, the law had its time. But when the fullness of the time had come, And it was the appearance of Jesus Christ and ultimately his death on the cross of Calvary that would bring about the end of the rule of the law of Moses. This morning we're going to make an application of this concept of the time further out because there were so many things that we could consider about this time, the time, the time, when the fullness of the time come the time the first prophetic promise of the messiah goes all the way back to the garden of eden where the messiah of israel was proclaimed to be the seed of the woman it was a promise god himself made in genesis 3:15 i will put enmity between you and the woman he was speaking to the devil by the way and between your seed and her seed there it is the seed of the woman He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Eve would understand that promise, that God was promising her a child, a boy. She thought that that was to be immediately fulfilled. Genesis 4 and 1, and Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. She thought Cain was it. Now, this was certainly a time. The world had fallen into sin. All the creation had come upon the curse. Adam and Eve had been banished from the Garden of Eden, barred from the tree of life. They would live every day of their life for as long as they lived under the power and the curse of sin, where once they lived in paradise. Now they would sweat and toil and suffer for their bread and fight as we fight against all the things that would destroy everything we tried to do. Eve looked at Cain, thinking he was the promise. She was horribly and tragically wrong about that. You see, this was a time. We could look at that in our own humanity and say, boy, that would have been a good time. But it wasn't the time. In just a few chapters, God looked down on humanity and saw them totally, completely given over to sin, except for one man and his family, Noah, who was called the preacher of righteousness. And he and his family found grace then in the eyes of the Lord. Noah was perfect in his generations. We don't know what all that meant, but he found grace in God's eyes. We do know what that meant. Amen. He found grace. We might expect God then in the midst of such overwhelming depravity to send his son. It was a time when the world was totally given over to sin. But it was not the time. 
Noah would build an ark for the saving of his family. And that ark, of course, was a picture, a beautiful picture of Jesus Christ, but still just a picture. It was a time, but not the time. It wasn't long then before Abraham came. And the next great promise of the Messiah was that he would be the seed of Abraham. Abraham was 100 years old and Sarah was 90, long past the age of conceiving and bearing a child. And yet here, this marvelous miracle baby was born, Isaac, the child of promise. We might expect Isaac to be the one, such a miraculous birth. No, but he wasn't. It was a time, you see. It was a time, but it wasn't the time. Though Isaac was a picture of the Messiah. And in that marvelous picture book way that Jesus said to the elders of Israel, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And he saw it and was glad. And they marveled at him. When did Abraham see your day? They saw. He saw him on Mount Moriah, on Calvary's mountain. That's where he saw him. He saw him when he saw a lamb with a crown of thorns on his head. And he realized that, no, it wasn't Isaac. No, Isaac wasn't the one. It was a greater seed of Abraham. He would be the one. Isaac was a picture. It was a time. But it wasn't the time. We'd go on to another miracle baby. Born to Amram and Jochebed in the terrible time of slavery in Egypt. He was born under the sentence of death as Herod, the first full-term abortionist that we have on record, had decreed to all the midwives that when a Hebrew gave birth to a male child, that child was to immediately be killed. Amram and Jochebed hid the little boy for as long as they could, and when they could no longer hide him, in that final act of desperation, they took him down to the Nile River, made a little boat, raft we'd probably call it, out of reeds. He'd be found of all people. You know the story by Pharaoh's daughter. She would name him Moses because he was rescued from the water, drawn out, saved. Moses' name means the rescue. We'd, Think of Moses and think then, maybe he's the one. Oh, Moses. Moses would write five books of the Bible. Moses would deliver Israel out of Egyptian bondage, but Moses wouldn't take them to the promised land. Moses was a beautiful picture of Jesus Christ. A remarkable man and a remarkable life. This was a time after 400 years of bondage in Egypt. This was a time. But it wasn't the time. The next great revelation of the Messiah would be that he was the son of David. The seed of the woman. Unusual in and of itself. Most of the time, the seed is always used in reference to the male, but not this time, the seed of the woman. This would be, you see, a miraculous birth in its very nature and its very title, the seed of the woman. 
The seed of Abraham would tell us that he would be of the lineage of Abraham. He would be Jewish. In fact, he would be of the tribe of Judah. And then there's one more. He would be the son of David. It's an intriguing story of this lineage. It's a story of David, the king of Israel, of his lust for a woman, Bathsheba, the killing of her husband, of the death of the baby. But then there was another. Another one of those recipients of miraculous blessings. David comforted Bathsheba's wife and went into her and lay with her. And she bare a son and he called his name Solomon. And the Lord loved him. And he sent by the hand of Nathan the prophet and he called his name Jedidiah because of the Lord. That means beloved of the Lord, Solomon. We know how that God would appear to Solomon as a young child and give him great wisdom and how that he would achieve great wealth. Solomon would grow to be an amazing man. He would build the temple twice in Scripture, both in Proverbs and Ecclesiastes. He introduces himself as the son of David. He would have so much wisdom and so much wealth and so much power that the Bible says there was none like him in all of Israel. The queen of Sheba would come from the south. And when she examined his wealth and heard his wisdom, she went away saying, the half had not been told me. I hadn't heard the half of it. Jesus would bring that up and say, and behold, a greater than Solomon is here. Ah. Oh. Solomon would build the temple of God in Jerusalem. The glory of God would come down from heaven and fill that place. Oh, Solomon was a remarkable man. This was an amazing time for the son of David. But it wasn't the time. (laughs) And Solomon wasn't the son of David. Instead, we're introduced to him in Matthew chapter 1 and verse 1, the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. We have to at least mention the birth, by the way, of another miracle baby. The Lord loved the story of the old man named Zechariah and his wife Elizabeth. They too, long past the age of childbearing. How the angel appeared to Zechariah to announce Elizabeth's pregnancy. And sure enough, little John was born right on schedule. We'd have to notice that Elizabeth and Mary would meet during both of their pregnancies. And it was about six months before Jesus was born that John was born. This was a time. It was nearly the time. But John would tell us over and over and over again, no, I'm not the one. John knew. John knew his role, perhaps as few people before or since have ever known their role. John knew it. He was the one who prepared the way of the Lord, and he gave his life doing it. It was time. They knew that the Messiah would come through the tribe of Judah, and through all of those generations, those little girls in the tribe of Judah might wonder, 
Is, 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 is this the one? Is it time? And over and over again, it was not. <laughs> but now, it's the time. When the fullness of the time had come. God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. What does it mean for us today to live on this side of the time? Well, obviously, according to our text today, it means that redemption is available. But I must tell you today that it is not automatic. The Bible tells us that Jesus Christ tasted death for every man. And that's true, but that doesn't mean that every person on this planet is automatically saved. Because the Bible says, as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to those that believe on his name. Jesus came to redeem us from our sins. And the only redemption that is available is through Jesus Christ. The only salvation that can come to us is through Jesus Christ. But you have to have your own time. The time means that today might be your time. And it's an important thing for all of us to acknowledge and consider. Has there been that time in your life where you understood that you were a sinner, that you needed to be saved, and you called on Jesus Christ to save you? Is it your time? The product then of this is that we receive the adoptions as the sons of God. I love what John said about it in 1 John 3 and 1. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now, now, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Uh, there were a lot of times, but then Paul tells us, when the fullness of the time had come. There might have been a lot of times in your life, times when like this morning, maybe you sat through a church service, times maybe when a time, maybe when you were baptized perhaps as an infant. Maybe some other time in your life. And maybe you look back at that experience. Oh, yes, I was baptized such and such a place. Some preacher did it. I might have been the one that did it. You might have had a lot of times. But what I'm asking you today is, have you had the time? The time when you received Jesus Christ as your Savior. The Bible tells us, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. As a believer then, you're called to follow the Lord in baptism, just as we saw so beautifully this morning at the beginning of this very service. 
Have you followed the Lord in baptism? Have you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you had the time, the time, when you receive Jesus for yourself? I'd believe on Jesus for you if I could. Anybody who loves you would. Your parents would if they could. But the message of Scripture goes out very personally. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. I want to give you that opportunity today. We're going to bow for a moment in prayer. After this, I'm going to ask for the bill to come up and see the choir continue their glorious presentation. But before we do, we're just going to take a moment. It's going to be kind of quiet in here, about as quiet as it gets in a Baptist church. Be a little quiet. And I want you to think. Have I had that time? Have I had the time when I called on God and asked Him to save me? When I understood that when Jesus died on the cross, He died for my sins. And I tell Him, I'm going to receive that. By faith, I believe that. Save me. Forgive me.